Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I actually have somebody who I consider a dear friend. Her name is Autumn and she is the founder of Twa Magazine. And if you guys are familiar with my channel, I've talked about Twa Magazine before on my YouTube and they actually, she actually featured me um, on their magazine. I'm on the front cover and my story is inside and she has supported me throughout my entire journey and I love her story. I think she's doing an amazing work for uh, the mental health space and just, I just feel like she needs to be heard and her story needs to be heard on the podcast. We talk about limiting beliefs and loving yourself, and I just am so excited for you guys to have a listen and to get to know her. So yes, without further ado, here is Autumn, the founder of Twa Magazine. You really are so special to me, and you have supported me through my journey so much, and you've supported so many other people. So I'm so grateful that you are taking the time to be on the show, and I would love to just start off by asking you a little bit about you, a little bit about your story, and then kind of like why and how and when you started the magazine, how it's just become your career and your life. So first off, hi, Kate. (laughs) Literally, Kate is so amazing in every single way. She's the sweetest person, like literally. Um, but thank you so, so much for having me. I'm just like, wow, she's so sweet. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Um, it's definitely been so interesting to work with each other for so long, like in different ways. And I don't know, it's just, it's lovely. It's so lovely. So here, but my name is Autumn. I'm the editor in chief of a mental health and lifestyle magazine called Twa Magazine. We cover obviously mental health and lifestyle. And we do it in a way that's, it's not having that person identify themselves with their disorder or whatever they're recovering with, but more so digging a bit deeper and seeing the, the aspects that people don't really talk about, just different questions. Now we'll probably elaborate throughout this, but being sure that it's empowering people who are silently suffering at the end of the day in some way that's not typically like this disorder and that's it you know it's just digging deeper and we started in 2017 of March and it was not always mental health magazine it was actually clothing at first Mm -hmm. and then we switched over I felt like I wasn't really 
you know how you get that feeling where you're like, something's not clicking. And so oh, I was yeah. really getting that feeling. And I just so happened to want to switch to a, a mental health, not mental health, but magazine that was more so fashion um, and like veganism, things like that, more lifestyle. And I had a feature who I just so happened to look at her Instagram story and she had a panic attack going up a flight of stairs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can relate to you. Like I have anxiety too. And she said that she just wishes that people would talk about that a bit more. And I was like, yeah, they should. And I just, you know, going on with my day. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, like I have a platform to do that. It's not a huge platform, but I can do that and help people. And so our first magazine issue covered anxiety and different anxiety disorders like OCD and panic disorder, um, GAD. And it really took off in the sense that not necessarily numbers, but um, touching people's lives and seeing that, okay, I'm not alone in this. And it doesn't have to make my entire life. Like I can make something out of this, but I don't have to let it make me. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, we just kept going. And eventually, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, Kate is amazing. I, like, looked at your videos for a while. It kind of stalked a little bit. Yeah, but sure. you know, <laughs> All good. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's that's pretty much it. Now I'm here today. Amazing. That's, <laughs> that's so great. First of all, mutual stock. I do the same thing. You know, <laughs> I'm like, do I want to work with this person? Uh, and I totally get it. I do that with everyone. <laughs> so I get that. Um, but that's so that's so cool. I resonate with that a lot because I also was doing fashion stuff and whatever and um, modeling and I still am. But, you know, my Instagram and my YouTube, or I didn't have a YouTube. My Instagram in general was just like me as a model, really faking it, like wasn't feeling like I connected with it. So I love that you just found that purpose and ran with it. I think I think that more people should do that, really, because that's when you really feel fulfilled and you feel your purpose and you've done such amazing work. So I wanted to ask you more about your magazine. First of all, what is GAD? So generalized anxiety. Oh, generalized anxiety disorder. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I, didn't <laughs> I was like, I was going to say, so generalized anxiety disorder is like I messed up the little, like switched around, but um, it's a type of anxiety disorder. I don't have that necessarily. My background is more so in like childhood trauma with like physical abuse mm -hmm. and PTSD, CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, paired up with some dissociation. So sometimes I'm just a little out there, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a defense mechanism that your brain does. And it's it's just really important to definitely get professional help if you're not aware of what you're going through, like if you don't feel um, right. So that's something that I can relate to people who have dealt with that and also anxiety and depression. Um, yeah. So. so, so yeah, for people who are listening who don't know what the magazine is, you guys feature, like you featured me. Hello. Thank you. So sweet. On your last issue. Was it your last issue, right? Yeah. So, um, and then obviously my story is about eating disorders and emotional eating, whatever. So you had like many stories about uh, eating disorders within the uh, magazine. 
So you kind of have like, I don't want to say it's not all about eating disorders, but like every magazine you do sort of like a different topic, mental health disorder topic. Um, So if you're willing, you don't have to, because this is asking a lot from you, but would you be willing to like share your story about like mental health at all and just a little bit more about it? Sure. So um, like Kate said, we cover a different disorder and lifestyle topic every every two months. Recently, we took a break just because so much was happening. But um, my story, I can really resonate with people who have gone through childhood trauma. And I want to make it clear that trauma is not always physical abuse or sexual abuse. It could be emotionally. It could be medical trauma. Um, it could be something as little as someone stepping on your foot and, like, you just took it, you know, to the next level, I guess you could say, but it's just so subjective. Um, It's important to just understand that because a lot of times we try to compare traumas and when we do that, we might not seek the help that we need to. And that's something that I did. So I didn't get, when I was younger, I was always, my mom was a single mother. She had me super young and she would have me uh, be babysat by my grandfather who got remarried. So it's not my grandmother, but my, um, you know, mm-hmm. just right. You got it. <laughs> you guys got it. So with that, it would be myself, my aunt, who's about six months apart from me. And then also my grandmother, who is not blood, but grandmother's granddaughter, who was my technically cousin being watched. She was about four years older than me. And she was just really just not a very kind person. I was always getting like beat up all the time to the point where I would tell people nothing would happen. Like I wouldn't get any help. Um, I don't think that the adults around probably didn't take it as seriously as I was taking it. But things like that can escalate. And so when they start to escalate, um, I got localized associative amnesia from that, which is basically when the brain, like it's, it's so much stress and it's just too much for you to deal with that you, you don't, you're not really taking in those memories consciously. So I don't actually have memory of hits, which is very interesting. And it's not like it's anyone making it up. It's more so literally like a couple seconds before something would happen. I can remember that. But right when it's like a hit, it just goes blank. Like Mm -hmm. I have no type of recollection of it at all. Um, But I did know that it happened because it also happened to my aunt. And we can relate with stories uh, to that. But she doesn't have dissociative amnesia. Everyone's brain acts so differently to different things. Um, So with that, definitely low self-esteem came in and said hello. And I grew up super depressed and very anxious and dissociating, meaning that it feels as though you're not alive. Like you feel like you looking at everything from a dream state or like you're in a video game. Um, So that's definitely hard to deal with, especially when you're, you know, just trying to go to the grocery store and this is happening and then you start to panic and, just so much comes with that. I eventually just started to just look on YouTube for people who can relate to my own story. And it was really helping me recover. 
Um, but I never, I also had a spiritual growth journey too, that really helped a lot, but I've never at that point got professional help because I didn't have the resources to do so at the time. Um, so once I got older, then I was like, okay, like Tom magazine helped me tremendously to understand what exactly, what type of therapist I should be looking for. So I knew I had to look for a trauma therapist, someone who was trauma informed. And I did that and she helped so, so much. And it really helped with the validation and just knowing that, okay, you do have a, a type of post-traumatic stress disorder, not identifying with it, not letting it hold you back necessarily, but just knowing that you know what it is now. Now you can work from there and keep growing. You mm -hmm. don't ever want to stay at the state of validation. You can be so um, toxic if you're just like, that's it. You know, there has to be a step after that. So that's pretty much my story. It took a long time. Recovery is a journey. It is not a destination mm. in every way. Um, even if you don't have a, a disorder necessarily, if you just kind of, it's like self-love or just anything that's not necessarily a disorder, it's a journey. And it's important to not be so critical of yourself during that journey and it's nice if you have someone, a part of it with you, because there are times where things like just go, they just dip down like roller coaster and you're just like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. So, yeah, Amazing. that's my, my story. Thank you so much for sharing. You have a beautiful story and um, I learned a lot about you. So thank you for sharing. And I, uh, sometimes I think about, mental health and it's like just this very complex thing and I think about my eating disorder and how it caused not caused but how it was just like attached to other sort of depression and anxiety as well and it's interesting how it like permeates into sort of like I don't really think anyone I mean I shouldn't speak for people but it doesn't seem like most people just have one thing it seems like it's kind of like an umbrella of mental health is like an umbrella that you kind of just have to manage. And like you said, get that help that you really need to identify what it is. If it's, if it's not an eating disorder or if there's something else with the eating disorder that has to be managed and taken care of too. I'm only saying the, I know you didn't have an eating disorder, but people listening probably do. So they, you know, um, if you have, yeah, like I said, if you have other sort of mental health struggles and you don't know where or how they're coming from, that's such a good advice just to like figure out what it is that you need through professional help because that's what they're right. there for. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially with eating disorders, they're so isolating. Um, and it, it seems like for some people, the isolation aspect, it allows the eating disorder just to thrive because you're just you're only hearing your voice and ED voice and it's like there's no one else really of reason if you're not at a state to to feel aware enough to just you know override mm -hmm. what your eating disorder voice is saying um, so it's really important to to get the treatment that you would need and I really love that Kate you're all like you're just someone who you definitely practice what you preach. And so it's nice to see that even when it's not always like super like good stuff, like, Oh my God, I had 
probably runs for the last five years without mm. anything ever going down. Like that's yeah, you know? not true. And <laughs> that did not happen. It's nice that you don't just show the the good stuff. It's like ups and downs, and that's how it, it just goes because it is a journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Something we really try to stress is providing people the recovery resources. Because if you like hop on psychology today, you can you really tell someone's personality by just their photo? <laughs> like you don't really no, know. No, and they- it's not healthy to try to do that because you're like <laughs> judging this person hard on like one old picture of themselves. You're like, I don't want to see this person. <laughs> right? So it's nice to actually hear like how this person really is. Like what what's their story? Because it's nice to know that this therapist or any mental health professional is not just in this field because they want to make money. It's because, Hey, I've gone through this too. I know how to overcome it and I'm licensed in this. So you can feel safe on that level too. And also relate to me as well. And I can relate to you. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that and not just tons of photos and you're just scrolling to see who's closest and radius. You know, mm-hmm. That is so true. Yeah. I, I, I love that there's a resource like that. Um, where you don't have to just pick and choose with little filters and stuff that's like very dehumanizing. Um, Okay, so I'd love to rein it in a little. We um, are going to talk about limiting beliefs because Autumn here is an expert. (laughs) She she knows what's up. (laughs) So, so yeah, I would love to know, like, like we're talking, like loving to know the background of somebody. So, what is your personal experience with limiting beliefs? So my personal experience with limiting beliefs, it's something that it's like, you want to almost say it's never ending. Um, just because it's our mind. Like our minds are so, ugh, you know, they're just, it's based on what we're taking in and how we perceive it. And from that point, we form that belief. And so for myself, I've had limiting beliefs like recently. Oh my gosh, this is a good one. Cause it was a stretch. Like I was really like freaking out. Um, I never had an eating disorder or anything like that, but definitely just body image itself is it's like a, seemed to be a tricky thing. Um, I wanted to go to the beach so Kate and I both live in Southern California. So like beaches are like the thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like I want to go to the beach and like, I'm nervous to go low anxiety basically. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to wear my bathing suit that I really love so, so much. And I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the beach. And I just can't like get out. And I don't even want to like take off my shorts to just show my bathing suit just because there's this thought in my head that like I shouldn't be able to wear a bathing suit if I feel like I'm too curvy because things may look too provocative on me than it would someone who's smaller mm-hmm. than me. And that is such a limiting belief. So a limiting belief is something, anything, any belief that you have that limits you. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but it's funny because if you if you kind of look at your life right now and you just think a little bit deeper than surface level of why things are the way that they are, you might see that your limiting beliefs have shown up in some way. Whether that's you can't go out in public and wear something 
that you really want to wear because you think X, Y, Z about who's going to think this way and this way. And then from that, you have low self-esteem. And from that, it's like depression. And it just keeps going down and down and it goes to different avenues. And so for this, I really, really have been like trying to just grow myself more and more. And I had to sit on the beach and I couldn't even move. Like I felt so uncomfortable. I'm in my shorts with like... (laughs) sitting like crisscross applesauce almost shaking (laughs) and I'm like okay like no one's gonna look at me like no one really cares and like you're thinking about all the personal development stuff that people would typically think about um and I had to just journal it out all of my thoughts and the belief itself and just diminish it a little bit and see where it was coming from and eventually with work (laughs) with someone else who can help me and myself I've been able to just go to the beach and not feel that pressure based off this one living belief that if I wear this bathing suit, it's going to look more provocative and people are going to shame me and like older women are going to hate me Mm. so much. So that's just one. Um, Another, I think with relationships for sure, just thinking that if this person has spent all the time with me, then I'm not going to want to be with them. And I had to just get rid of that one. Cause it's like, it's not really realistic for someone to spend all of their time with you. And I had to see that I was really afraid of being um, alone and then not having a place to really feel like I've built something myself. Mm. And so I had to, then pair my relationship with a new form of self, which is just being your your own self, basically, individuality, pair those two together, and they form a, an amazing thing that can help you to still be present with things, especially relationship-wise. So basically, living beliefs can be almost anything, mm-hmm. but you have to just come to the awareness that this is stopping you in some way, and it's hurting you and um, affecting your behaviors. Mm-hmm. And limiting beliefs are so, they're so true when you feel them in your heart, I think. For me, at least, like I've, you know, of course I had a ton because that's essentially what (laughs) eating disorders are. They're just beliefs that limit you about your body image and your food choices and so on and so forth. So I also had so many of them. And even in my recovery, I have them often too. And it's so tricky because it's like in that moment, it feels so true. So how can you challenge something that feels so true? You know, you just have to know first, you have to know it's a limiting belief, I think, first of all, because I think a lot of people don't even realize that. I, I didn't, certainly, you know, I had my eating disorder for 10 years and I had a limiting belief of like, I can't let my body be its natural size or or not even that more so like my body shouldn't be it's like any bigger than what it is right now when I was at my thinnest or whatever so on and so forth so um so yeah like I think recognizing that you even have a limiting belief in the first place is so so important and then you can really do the digging so you said you journal what are some other ways that in your experience and just like you have a huge network and you have so many people who have given you so many stories, like, you know, so much just with the magazine. So what are some ways that you've learned to cope? 
with them and overcome them? And then what are some ways maybe like other people have spoken to you through the magazine or whatever? That's a good question. (laughs) It's a big question. Um, Something that I tend to do is journal. And I always tell like anyone I'm working with, write it down like that's like my infamous (laughs) words write it down like when you can just and you have to come to a place where you're not going to be judgmental and just keep writing even if you feel like you're being like stupid quote stupid because you're not really stupid but journaling something writing it down is one thing it helps you to become aware of when you're letting your unconscious your subconscious mind just ramble off you'll start to pick up little things that you may not have known consciously were actually there. And so that is a really, really big thing because it's literally you talking to yourself without judging yourself. You're just going to keep on going. And then if you read it back, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to actually believe that like this doesn't sound right. Another way is to just see if there's something that is very uh, frequent that people are bringing up to you or you notice you tend to get triggered off of quite substantially. So if, if you're going, like for example, the beach situation for me, I knew it was an issue. I didn't know it was an issue before, but when I seen that beach and I see my bathing suit, I was like, oh no, I think this is an issue. <laughs> and so if you just notice that like you've got some heightened emotions going or you're just like, jittery or maybe you're you any type of emotion that's coming up that's very um strong could be a signal that there's some type of limiting belief there and something that you're doing is like going to challenge it and we try to stay in that comfort zone and so if you get to that point where you are being triggered by something and it's a limiting belief um you can just pause right there and you can journal it or you can just make note in your head and let someone know potentially if you want, if you feel comfortable enough to, you can challenge yourself as you go on. Being patient with this is a huge thing because mm-hmm. you know, our brains are going to think that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're challenging something like that. Something that I did was literally set up. I wrote in my journal. <laughs> it's always the journal. <laughs> I wrote in my journal different steps I could take to challenge myself on this. And then once you plan everything out accordingly, like, okay, like I'm going to get trust and then I'm going to um, make sure I have food for the beach. And I'm going to make sure that I look my best because I want to feel good for myself, not for anyone else. Once you have all those steps written out and you may still most likely have fear associated with it, then you know that from that point you take a step of faith because you have everything technically and logically planned out so why would you fail at it and then you're like okay now i really know it's limiting belief because it's with it being planned out i still can't take this step Mm. and so it's it's so much faith involved with it because it's something that your mind made off of something that happened it could have been when you were like four years old but it it started as like a seed that's a good one, a seed. Mm -hmm. And it planted something and there are just more branches sprouting out, coming out in different ways. Human beliefs are coming out in different ways. And you have to just 
not try to just bulldoze the tree down, but see like, okay, these branches connect to what, and this connects to what. And that's why journaling can help you to get back to what that seed was initially to see where did this start off at first. Mm -hmm. So I no. you can also voice record. Sometimes I have people do that too. Just mm -hmm. recording yourself and just talking if you don't like to particularly write. Some people meditate. And then when they meditate, they write down what they felt like they were hearing. Um, but yeah, it's just whatever works best for you. But the main thing is to write things out and ask yourself different questions. Also, if you ask yourself deeper questions, you'll get an answer. If we ask ourselves questions that are like, um, how come I can't look as good as her on the beach? You're going to answer why you feel that way. So maybe ask, how come I don't feel as confident mm -hmm. on the beach? Mm -hmm. And then you'll get a different answer. The questions we ask ourselves are so important because I don't know, just questions and humans really go hand in hand. So, mm. yeah, I, I did a lot of journaling prompts you know, the journaling. Uh, <laughs> when I was in recovery, seeing a therapist um, and at treatment about limiting beliefs, and a lot of them, this is practically speaking from my experience, were food related. Like I can't eat a certain food or a certain type of food because X, Y, and Z. It'll make me gain weight and I don't want to. And then through that, you have to ask yourself, well, why am I afraid of gaining weight? Like it is so it is so important to ask yourself, like once you establish your limiting belief, then writing down the evidence that would support that and then the evidence that wouldn't support that. And usually the evidence that would uh, quote support that is stuff that is just internal. It's stuff that you just need to ask yourself why you believe that that's true. Like, so it's so complex, but I, I do love, I do love asking yourself those questions and just knowing trusting the process like it's with challenging food for example i'm just going to keep talking about that because it's practical um i wasn't able to you know eat that slice of cake uh the first time i felt the challenge you know in the second time and the third time even and then more and more into my recovery and into me asking those questions to myself and learning more about myself, was I able to slowly challenge that limiting belief? Um, right. So yeah, it is it is definitely like a huge practice of patience because it's not going to change overnight. Um, it, it's such yeah, a journey. Definitely. So yeah. So like, how many times have you been to the beach now? Maybe this just happened, so it hasn't been that many times. But like, do you feel better about it? Are you like? I mean, okay. So people should know you just moved from the Bay Area to Southern California, so you just got. You just kind of got the beach. Right. So, I just got the beach. Just I just the beach. got the vibes. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone to the beach a good amount of times after that incident happened. And I, you know, it's so crazy because I would literally, I wouldn't even notice it before, but I would drive up to the beach. I would see that there's no parking. Oh, not going. Mm. <laughs> Turn back around and I told I have a coach who helps me just with stuff like this and he was like you know maybe if you find a different spot and I'm like I don't know I don't want to walk too far <laughs> I don't need to do that I'm gonna be by myself and so I was like 
you know what, I'm just going to park somewhere else and see what happens. And that's when the actual thing that was stopping me popped up. And so it, it definitely took some time to even see that it was there. But after that, that first time that I just said F it, I didn't curse. <laughs> it's okay. I've had people who curse, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after the first time, I was like, okay, you know, F it. I'm just going to do it. Like I wanted to do it again because it's this, it's this drive. It's like such a great release of the happy chemicals in your brain. And I just felt so good because nothing's holding you back anymore. I think that um, it's important to let people know that if you want to figure out what limiting beliefs you have in any way, when it comes to eating, when it comes to body, when it comes to life, when it comes to your career, um, relationships, try to see or ask yourself what's holding you back or what do you want to do in life and how come you're not there? And if you just start there, you'll you'll be pretty surprised what starts to pop up. Don't let yourself stop there. Keep digging. So, for example, if someone says, oh, I really want to be a singer. Okay, what's holding you back? You're like, well, you know, I don't really feel too confident in my voice. Okay, why is that? Well, when I was four, someone said I sound like a little boy. And so now I feel like I can't really, I'm like shy because of that and this because of that and da, da, da. and then we can work from there but you have to you've got to see like what am I trying to aim for and what's holding me back so I wanted to just be on the freaking beach and enjoy my life <laughs> but this this fear was holding me back that I would be shamed and the thing is is the only person who's really shaming me was myself mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to see that we're really holding ourselves back to a certain degree and of course some people are gonna say a couple of things but when, right before we go to sleep, we're not going to see those people. We think our own thoughts. And if we let ourselves down, that's that's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. So true. Else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I – so for people listening, of course, they have the – you know, probably have some sort of history with body image or food. And I think in that sense, it's almost easier to recognize your limiting beliefs because they're very – usually they're very tangible in this at the start, like at the start of my recovery, personally talking, it was tangible and easy for me to see what beliefs were holding me back, uh, just as far as my recovery goes. And then once I started dismantling those and doing the recovery thing and challenging the foods and challenging, you know, for me, another one for, you know, for talking about clothes, I was wearing crop tops like I'm just like oh no now that I'm in my recovered body there's no way I could ever wear a crop top like that's not allowed and that actually took me so long to overcome and I remember being on set shooting e-com which is like I don't know if you know what that is but it's basically like when you online shop and Mm -hmm. you just shoot a bunch of outfits and you just have no idea what you're going to be shooting so um yeah and they just like I was wearing like winter fall clothes and like, okay, we're going to shoot some, some spring now or something like that. And so the clothes were just like a lot more revealing. And it was like my first job in my recovered body. And it was so scary. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I, I need to tell them, like I was going to literally, I convinced myself that I was going to have to tell them 
that I had an eating disorder and I gained weight and now I don't think that these clothes will look good on me. And I'm just like, they know what I look like. They hired me for a reason. And of course, I ended up doing the job, you know, my agent. If I told her that I just went home, she'd be like, what? Right. <laughs> so she'd be like, that's not allowed. I, that. I actually used to model. So that's oh the gosh. whole thing. You are you so did. beautiful. too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such an interesting world. But um, anyways, I'm on a tangent about my limiting beliefs. But when that happened, that situation in particular, mm-hmm. what made you what point did you stop and ask yourself a different question or flip the switch from you not actually saying, I can't do this? Mm -hmm. I think that in the moment, like that situation was so fast. Like I didn't have time to journal. I mean, maybe I could have been like, Hey, I probably should have been like, Hey, I need a five, 10 minute break. Cause I'm sure they would have been like, that's fine. But you know, in the moment I was like, Oh man, like I just, have to change like I've been changing all day I can't just spend half an hour changing into this outfit so I just I think in that moment I just had to challenge myself and I had to trust I had to trust that um the the narrative the new narrative that I had made for myself during my recovery I always told myself you're gonna be happier even if you're not happiest the happiest you've ever been in your life you're going to be happier in your recovered body with those challenges than in your eating disorder body and in your eating disorder mindset. And like you said, we have like with the limiting beliefs, we have a part of us that just like tears us down, like an internal part in the recovery eating disorder world. You call that your eating disorder voice. So like that part of me just tore me down and made me feel so small and so unworthy. So I just had to always continually trust the new narrative for myself that's that is like you're just going to be happier in this recovered mindset and and being true to yourself and also like at the end of the day if the client isn't happy with me or my body or the pictures like okay I'm probably never going to work for them again but I'm just going to trust that right here right now like they want me to be on set and they want me to be here. And so, yeah, I think that situation, you know, I probably would have loved to spend time journaling and called my therapist up, but I didn't really have that option, I think. Yeah, no, that's, that was so, you didn't have much time to do that. And the thing is, is you, when you get to that certain point, you may not have to journal because you're just aware that, okay, I have X amount like limiting beliefs. Like you, you already, like you said before, you pretty much know what they are. Um, and you thought quick. So, I mean, (laughs) to to get through that and all in your head, just like that is amazing. I think definitely like a round of applause. That was a good moment right there. (laughs) It is a good moment. And if, it feels good in the moment. It's, it feels scary. But like you said, like getting onto the beach, it's like a release. You're like, I do not need to hold myself back anymore. Like once you're there, you're just like, so it just feels so good. You you might, you might be uncomfortable, but it'll subside eventually. The discomfort will subside or it'll get more manageable. Um, Right. So that's so good. We talked about limiting beliefs and, I also, we wanted to talk about self-care a little bit and kind of how they 
intertwine. So how do you feel like they do? Like, obviously, you can't really love yourself and care for yourself if you have limiting beliefs. So what what's your take on that? You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I think that to a certain degree, people may have self-care a little bit twisted just because we think of it like, okay, me going like, maybe it's like a spa thing. And it's just that like, you just do that because you know, it'll make you feel good. But when you, the ultimate self-care, because when you're doing self-care, you're thriving and you're working towards this feeling of just being satisfied with yourself and just so proud of yourself, or maybe you're just super relaxed and like all of those good feelings when we're working towards challenging our limiting beliefs or being aware of them, it's like the ultimate self-care because right when you finish doing what you have never done in like decades, you feel awesome. And then you want to like, I'm just going to go out and like treat myself to a spa after that. Like, some, But it's coming from you doing something internally that really challenged you. It's It shouldn't always be like, only external, external. With eating disorders, it is a very external and tangible thing, but it really does start internally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mental. It's the mind. It's, it's like mental. So it's it's something that you can still bring that full circle. Um, for example, like if you do something externally, like maybe you challenge yourself to eat bread one day because that's something. Or oil cooking with oils is a huge thing too. Because yes, it's an external thing, but because internally there's always been this issue with doing that, you're, you're really striving to help yourself feel better. Like that's self-care. And then after that, you go on ahead and like, maybe you treat yourself to like your favorite dessert, or maybe you go out for hikes or something fun, but they, they work hand in hand. And if we only focus on one, like if I only had it, okay, Kate, you're going to challenge yourself all week to just do your limiting beliefs and never reward yourself. You're not going to want to keep going past <laughs> limiting beliefs. Like, and then if you only do like self-care, which is just the external things, not pairing it with that internal validation that, wow, I just overcame this. That imbalance is just not something that's as fulfilling as it can be when you hear them together. Mm. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And and I think as human beings, we always want to deserve like the relax. Like it's always so much more satisfying to like experience a self-care day when you're like, wow, I just did something like I think a lot of people for a lot of people, it's not that deep. So usually it's like after a long day of work. But I mean, I think that for people who are emotionally Uh, aware and aware of their mental health needs, you know, they can really use self-care as a tool to validate themselves. And I've never even thought of it like that. So I love that perspective. Yeah, not that I don't want anyone to think like they can no longer treat themselves to an amazing like shower um, bath experience, like after work, (laughs) not saying that, (laughs) that's definitely great. And we should take care of ourselves all the time. Nothing wrong with that. But pairing them together is like the ultimate experience. You really feel amazing. Mm-hmm. You did that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You know? Yeah. And it's something, usually limiting beliefs are some things that have held you back for decades. 
or multiple years. It's usually not just this one time it popped up. Just like maybe you're getting stressed out and then you do some self-care. But if you just overcame belief, just one time that's been holding you back for 10 years and because of it, you didn't go on the dates that you wanted to or you didn't um, eat certain foods that you really wanted to eat and you said that you just couldn't. If you overcome that and then you treat yourself, you're just, you'll just fall on top of the moon. Yeah, that's so true. Like I, th- I think it's such a great idea to establish what your limiting belief is first and then establish like how um how you aren't able how you weren't able to practice self-care or things that you love because of that limiting belief um that's what you're saying and that's that's so cool like yeah you know for for me my limiting beliefs were you know well there's so many but for example for the food once I was able to eat that, then I could really learn to love those certain different types of foods that I was holding myself back from. And then it became a self-care thing for me to get the ice cream or go to that restaurant. Like they're, they're so intertwined. Yeah, they really are. And limiting beliefs, dude, they are like... <laughs> Like I'm recording this and mine are like occasionally popping up. I'm wow. just like, stop it. Like get out. <laughs> just like, ju- like if we, when we judge ourselves or when we think like, oh my gosh, I just like did this or I just messed up. Like those are just those beliefs in different ways. Like they really do pop up pretty frequently, but you have to pause to be able to see that and do it from a non-judgmental state because you're human and you're just going to keep working on yourself every single day. So why not do it with some patience and kindness? Mm -hmm. So what is one, I like to give people who are listening something to think about or do. So what is, maybe you can come up with a suggestion or we can brainstorm. What is something people can do to kind of maybe like identify their limiting belief or challenge their limiting belief? Mm -hmm. Something that people can do to take the action steps towards challenging their own limiting beliefs and identifying them is to just get a journal or maybe you are recording like a voice recording, whatever it is. I love journals, but everyone's different. That's okay. Write out in your journal. What do you ultimately want? How, what does your, we can say like best self or higher self, what does that person, um, exude are they kind are they comfortable in their skin do they eat a certain food and try not to literally try to disconnect a little bit from your own mind and limiting beliefs so you can write that out and see like who you actually feel like at your core you are once you do that ask yourself this question am i this person right now if you're not no one be hard on themselves try not to be hard on yourself on this because we're I feel like we don't really, we're always going to work towards that, but it's not going to be like A plus stuff. Progress over perfection, always. Um, Ask yourself if you're that person now. If you're not, what's stopping you from, from achieving that? And once you get to that point, your limiting beliefs are just going to spill out. Mm -hmm. Just naturally. Because when we ask ourselves different questions, we get the answer. Yeah. Ourself, how come I'm not as pretty as her? 
we're going to start getting different answers. They're like, okay, that's why. And that's why. And it's like, okay, ask myself instead, what do I find pretty about myself? Then you'll get answers that can help you with that. But we have to ask ourselves different questions. Um, once those of me leaves start spilling out and they might not just come out because sometimes we're a little bit stubborn and that's okay because we're human, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just keep digging deeper. Like when you, when you're writing things down, maybe you can write a little bit more and then ask yourself, like make a little, write the word down, whatever it is that's stopping you and holding you back, draw a little arrow that's going down and ask yourself, how long has this been holding me back? And where did this begin? Where did this start? And naturally, you're just going to tell yourself a story that happened a while ago that's been in your subconscious mind, and you're just bringing it consciously. And like, wow, I didn't know that's still holding me back. Once you know that, if you want, it's just start with one. Because if you have a page oh, yeah. of like 35, you're like, <laughs> well, I just failed life. So don't do that. It's okay if it's just you just start with one. And if you want, like have a mental health professional or someone, anyone like a coach, just anyone, or if it's just yourself, because not everyone has those resources, um, try to challenge yourself to do just something small towards that. And then after, she'll go ahead and have that spa day or something. But it's just, it's a lot different than just, I'm just going to have a spa day because I feel depressed, but I'm not going to actually feel out and see why I'm so depressed today. Mm. See that like, friends there like there's just more of that internal work going on but those are some things that you can do to try and be aware of your limiting beliefs and even just being more mindful daily and seeing like if someone else says yes to something why would you say no to it if there's something that you really just don't want to do then just stop there like you don't have to do something you don't want to do but if it's something you want to do yet you can't do it that's a sign of a limiting belief in itself. Mm -hmm. Everyone has limiting beliefs. I have limiting beliefs now. And most likely, you're probably going to have so many. And it's going to be overwhelming if you're just like, I need to write down every single limiting belief I have because that's just, that's going to leave you feeling helpless, I, I would I would imagine. So, you know, focus on one thing at a time get the professional help that you need. I used to have this limiting belief about my eating disorder that was like, so everyone always says bulimia is a form of control. It's something that you want to control in your life. And for the life of me, I just could not believe that. I told myself every single day, every time it would happen, this is happening because I am meant to be 500 pounds like you know I just I, I meant to be like it, there was no I didn't even grasp that it was like a mental health thing like I, I couldn't believe it so in that case like I wish I would have told my younger self you really need like Kate you really need to get help because you can't even recognize that that's a limiting belief or you can't even recognize that that's not true that's just like a random side note. I don't really even know why I said that, but I, it was just coming up a lot. So, I just had to say, but yeah, like I said, you, um, if you're listening out there, I, I like that you're bringing this up. Yeah. It's so, that was something that was so real for me. So maybe somebody else out there listening can relate to that. So yeah, but you know, you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of limiting beliefs. So I think it's really important to focus on 
one or two things at a time just be patient with yourself and know that you're only human and it it takes a lot of work and time to do unlearning especially like stuff from your childhood it, it takes a lot of work and it's like a life journey really so yeah definitely just literally once you get to that one you can just stay there um because like kate said it could feel pretty hopeless if i wrote out all of my living beliefs right now i think like well that's it for me i would I spiral just- i would be like <laughs> i am not okay <laughs> Ooh, so much good information. I love that. That's exciting. So when is, switching gears, when is um, your next issue coming out? You said soon. Mm-hmm. So our next issue is coming out July 25th, which is really exciting on our site. It's always free to look at digitally. And it's also in print and it is international shipping. So no worries on that one. It's all on how to validate yourself because we tend to really know how to make other people feel good when it comes to ourselves. We're like, nope, she's going on the back burner. So so it's all on um, self-validation and also the recovery aspect of being a sexual assault survivor. That's something that... um, we tend to be aware that sexual assault is out there, but can we, you know, help people who are trying to get through that recovery process? Instead of spending that hour scrolling through Instagram, you know, one one of these days, like, just go check out the magazine and spend an hour or even less, just like read a story because it's so much it's so much more insightful and better for your mind, at least for mine, like, I always think when I'm scrolling through Instagram, like I could be doing so many other things right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I I love uh, the work you're doing. I really, really do. I really appreciate you so much. And you're just a light in this world and everything you're doing is so needed and special. So thank you so much. We literally both call each other's light, call each other lights in this world. It's so funny, but it's true. <laughs> I, you're so amazing, literally in every single way, on camera, off camera, like just super funny. Um, it's nice to be able to just uh, have a conversation with someone, you know? Yeah, no pressure, nice. man. Thank you so much for being on it, and everyone who's listening. Thank you and. Be sure to check it out. I'll leave the links down below. I'll leave the Instagram. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. And everyone who's listening, just know that it's a journey. It's okay for you to mess up. It's it's a roller coaster that's supposed to happen. That's mm-hmm. okay. No expectations. <laughs>